0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, a casual Hoya podcast. As always, I'm Bobby Bancroft. Um, Long time and often guest nationwide. Nolan is here. Georgetown just lost yet again. They lost to Marquette 93 to 72. It was a season high in points allowed for the Hoyas. The game got away from them early. Real quick, Mosley had a season high 19 Blair ended up with 18. Pickett had 12. On the other side of the ledger, Marcus Howard had 30. It didn't seem that hard for him to get to 30. Marquette made 14 threes, and Georgetown is kind of in the position where the NIT might be too big of an ask. Nolan, what would you think?
1: That one felt like it was over probably within the first
0: two minutes. Um, oh, oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Let's. I'll start this way. I'm sorry. I know. I, I know. I know. I mentioned it. So real quick, we're going to do, when did you know it was over? (laughs) Continue.
1: Yeah, I would say within those first couple of minutes. I mean, they just, you could tell they were out of gas at DePaul and then to stay on the road out there and play Marquette tonight. Um, And I kind of assumed Yurt son was going to play tonight um, after he came back in against DePaul. So to see him sideline again was a bit of a surprise. I know we expected McClung to to stay out, uh, maybe for the rest of the season. But your son was a surprise, and they just do not have the bodies. Uh, you know, Wahab. He has had his moments definitely, but now you're asking him to play 25, 30 minutes, and Eagle hefty behind him. I, I don't think is close to being ready. So that that handicaps you more than you already are, and they just you can't fault them, but they they just didn't have it tonight.
0: Yeah, for me, and, you know, when, when I ask when was the game over, I think it's definitely disrespectful to the current players to say when you see who's who's healthy, who's active. But it's kind of reached that part of the season, I think, in that, you know, what they did at Butler was pretty unbelievable, except when you step back a little bit and it was Butler and when you look at how they hit the threes. I mean, tonight they actually weren't that bad, 7 for 15, You know, the thing is, you know, Marquette took 31 in today's college basketball. You're just not going to win shooting 15 threes. Now they did at Butler because I just, I'm really disrespectful of um, the Bulldogs. I don't think they're very good. So against a team like that, you can, you can kind of do it, but against a team like Marquette and I was really, what happened tonight? I think Creighton might be able to score like 110 if they, if they want to. Um, I think Creighton's way better than Marquette, but, like I said, it's kind of just—it's kind of disrespectful, particularly to Mosley and Allen. Mosley's been here for so long. Allen has – it seems like he's been here for so long because he never comes out of the game. I feel bad for those guys, but it, it is kind of at the point where it's over before the game starts. They just don't have the guys.
1: No, and it's – I mean, it's no disrespect to guys like Jaden Robinson and Mirosan who are out there, but there was, you know, a stretch in that game the night where you had those two with Wahab on the court you know, to walk on the freshman center. Um, There's not a whole lot you can expect out of that. To your point on the three-point volume, the 15 attempts, it it does have to be more. And people have been saying, well, we need to recruit more three-point shooters. I think the issue you've run into lately without Mac around is there's nobody who can can create uh, either for themselves or to set up teammates. So that's been an issue. But, yeah, you, you can't, in today's game, uh, be doubled up on three-point attempts. It's just not going to work in your favor the way the math is.
0: No, it's not. And, obviously, this is a Georgetown podcast. The Hawaii is 15-13. <clears throat> and 13. You know, after they beat Butler, everyone had them in their bracket. It was looking pretty good. Three straight losses. And you look at the schedule, and you do the math. It's not very complicated math. Um You don't have to have a college degree, but they have to win another game before they get to the Big East tournament to get them that that would get them to 16 and 15. And no matter what they do in New York, let's say they lose their first game, they'd still have a 500 record, which would make them eligible for the NIT. And I think that that kind of is a big deal. Now, if they don't get there, it's not like they weren't talented enough to get the NIT. It's just, you know, everything at, at some point, they just ran out of steam or gas or whatever it is Ewing said. But when you look at the schedule, you have to beat Xavier at home somehow. You, know, I'm just sorry. You're not going to beat Creighton on the road. It's going to be a tall order to beat Villanova, particularly if your seven's not back. I think like, like like you said, I know I've been big on it. McClung's not playing again. Like he tried to play eight minutes. I can't believe he tried mm-hmm. that. Like he's not playing. So it kind of comes down to Xavier, right?
1: I think so. I, when we talked before the season about Villanova, I don't think that's a terrible matchup, but...
0: It is him As
1: they are, if you just... you, It's death by a thousand paper cuts against Villanova. They just they wear you down, and the focus and energy they would have to have 40 minutes to pull that off is pretty high. So it's It's the Xavier game. Uh, you have to hope that your seven can you give you something in that spot on Sunday because uh, you need him against that front line. But that that would be the spot. I mean, Creighton, if he were healthy, he causes some issues for them. But on the road, um, the Blue Jays are a very different team in Omaha than they are elsewhere. So it it is down to the Xavier game, I would think.
0: So Georgetown gives up a season-high 93 points. And when you look at how many they scored, obviously Blair hits a three at the buzzer. That doesn't matter. So they had around 70 points. They would have had 69 They end up with 72 that's kind of, you know. I know I've always been a big, a big, you know. If they don't get to eighty, Ewing you, you can't win. But their last couple of wins: St. John's seventy-three, DePaul seventy-six, Butler seventy-three. They kind of, you know, in their two losses, they only got to sixty-three, sixty-eight. But they gave up seventy-three to Providence, seventy-four to DePaul. This kind of, you know, right around seventy-five or less, or you know, even like seventy-two. That's kind of where they can win. It's just, you know. Now the defense is failing them. Right now, Georgetown sort of seems like you know it's like a dam where you put your finger over here and then it leaks over there. I mean that's about mm-hmm. as good as they. This you know that's about as they, as good as they can do. Particularly when you look at who you're playing at your at your five position, right?
1: Yeah, I mean the de- the defense. I've been pretty adamant about if that doesn't get corrected within the next year, this thing is just never going to really get off the ground. Uh, Ninety three yeah. points against anyone. It just can't happen. And it's, I don't know. Tonight just felt like there was nothing left in the tank, carrying over from the Duval game. They did end up with 72, but it was, it just felt like a struggle, especially early on. Um, Terrell tried to get it going a little bit early, but it's just a lack of option. I think a glaring thing lately is, uh, you know, the scattering report's obviously out on Blair. Teams yeah. going to make him put the ball on the floor, and he just—I think he's improved a little bit with his ball handling, but he's still not somebody you're going to look to who can create um, for himself or for anybody else really off the dribble. So, I think things are getting tightened up on him lately, and it's just there aren't many options to go to right now.
0: No. So, if we want to live in a fantasy land for a second. I'm looking at the box score online, and if you if you cover up everything else and you just look at the first three players listed in the box score, and if you had told me right when the season started, late in the season, again, this is a this is a Georgetown fantasy land. Late in the season on the road, Georgetown's going to get 18 from Blair, 12 from Pickett, 19 from Mosley. I would have told you they could beat anyone in the country.
1: Sure, yeah. <laughs> me too. Right, yeah I mean, the unfortunate <laughs> thing is, I guess two of the three kids you thought would be you know your best players are haven't been with you for a while now, so it's right, I mean, the lineups they have out there now, nobody could have saw coming, but it's uh, I don't know, it's tough
0: it is um, so to be positive, what would you what's the obviously it was a tough game they were down seven nothing, I think it was thirty three to fourteen. You know they kind of you know they made it respectable. At the half down eleven. You're thinking you get a couple stops. You hit a couple threes. You're right there. Did anything stand out to you tonight? As you know, this is a, this is a, you know a positive. I know they're you know the, the the announcers talked about it. No moral victories, and I'm sure reviewing in his post game will say the same thing. But is there anything that you saw would be something to point to as a bright spot other than what you know Mosley did?
1: Yeah, I mean Jagan's. He's been the rock this year. Um, yeah, I thought. There were a couple plays where Jamarco looked pretty good. Um, I mentioned on Twitter, I feel like his shot has changed a little bit right now. His release just seems a little bit quicker and tighter, you know, compared to kind of a lollipop rainbow threes he used to take. Um, You know, time will tell if the results will be better, but it seems to change a little bit. Um, Other than that, I mean, Ego Heffy did have one really nice post move, but it was, I don't know, there, there weren't a whole lot of positives to
0: take from tonight. I was gonna go with Ego FA as well. Um I thought he did a yeah. couple things and he grabbed a couple of rebounds, we're like, that's not something everybody can do. Okay. No, and, and he had that, <laughs> that goaltending call on him too, the black shot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um he definitely presents a different physical matchup. And you know, if they can get him to the point where he I I mean, going back really far, if he could sort of next year maybe maybe kind of give you what Macklin gave as a freshman um yeah you know I, I think obviously you know for some of the younger listeners that's kind of an old hit maybe but um just that kind of physical presence and just you know the, I mean I remember seeing him in the summer and thinking he was a really big kid um I, I remember thinking Wilson good. moved uh pretty pretty well too but I feel like just Just him, you know, I I feel like he could present something going forward. Obviously, Wahab's going to be the guy, and I don't think anyone thinks third seven's going to come back, particularly the the, the way he's not playing now, right?
1: Yeah, I I would – I can't imagine he'd be back. I mean, they – pretty much the way he – Pat recruited was obviously with the intention that he was going to be, you know, one year on the court, and that was it.
0: Yeah. So – so, we got stuck with Donnie Marshall tonight, and that happens a decent amount. That's just kind of the way it is um georgetown when you're when you're losing by so much, the announcers have to start talking about whatever they whatever comes to their mind and I know that they that they put stuff down in case of blowouts, and Georgetown's been in some games that haven't been that great recently. Did anything stick out to you that you're just tired of hearing because i've got I've got something
1: <laughs> well, the new one he threw out there was he was talking about marquette's injuries and how much that's affected them and i'm wondering you know if you compare them to georgetown i mean no offense to greg elliott i mean he's a nice ace man but it's that one kind of confused me uh when he went down that road
0: yeah I, I guess i i guess georgetown's always been a big thing and i guess since the regime didn't really change a whole lot when they when they switch coaches i don't know who gets word out to the announcers i'm not sure who's talking to yeah. them but maybe it's true for other teams. I don't watch other teams religiously to, to sort of pick up on what they talk about. There were so many things in the past that, you know, you hear one story and then you just hear it like every game if you watch all of them. But I think the, you know, the comment, like, you know, Blair wasn't happy with his playing time and, you know, be careful for what you wish for. Now he's playing 40 minutes every game. I just feel like I'm tired of hearing that little story, you know, like Ewing said it once at a press conference and, you must've mm-hmm. told the announcers or whatever. I just, for whatever reason, maybe I'm just annoyed as the score is, you know, a 30 point lead or whatever it was, but that's sort of, I'm sort of tired of hearing about that story. Like just talk about something else. Um, I'm also tired of seeing Georgetown on Fox sports um last, or, you know, next four out. Like they're not part of that anymore. Right. No, no, they're <laughs> out. it now, um, so that, that's definitely getting on my nerves. Um, how big do you think it is for them to make the NIT? Or do you think that in this season they wouldn't miss the NIT because they weren't good enough? They just they just ran out?
1: I, I would always prefer to get in there. Um, yeah. I think – I always think a run to MSG and the NIT is kind of an underrated thing if you can pull it off. Uh, it does kind of give you a boost in the next season. Not that I think they would make that run. I mean, the NIT has better teams in it than usually it gets credit for. Uh, But I would like to see them in there. If nothing else, just to give the young centers uh, some more reps, even if it's just one game. But I, I would like to see them make a push for that.
0: If they do it, I would prefer that they go on the road. I don't know why, but games at McDonough recently have just been like I don't gamble on sports, but if they play at McDonough again, I feel like everyone should. I don't know why. <laughs> McDonough has just I mean, you know, it's like the build up to the game it gets talked about, oh, it's gonna be so great and they're on campus and this and that. And it is kind of cool, but man, they just they just don't have the success there. No. Um who was I mean last
1: year was Harvard, right? And the year mm-hmm. they played West Virginia in McDonough one year.
0: Yeah. Um Bob Huggins probably gave the coolest, most depressing uh, season eulogy in the upstairs classroom <laughs> at McDonough. Um I probably still have it on a tape recorder somewhere. And by the way, after that season, he fixed everything. He got rid of like the whole team. <laughs> he brought yeah. in all the and they haven't really looked back. Um but yes, they did get West Virginia there. But I'm just thinking, you know, Central Arkansas, the ODU games. You know, I just mm. it just seems like more often than not, when you show up to a game at McDonough. It hasn't been that great. In a season that's been just really, really ridiculous from a lot of ways, I keep kind of moving the target of to what I think would be a good accomplishment. And tonight I was trying to think what would be a good accomplishment. And it gets talked about, you know, because, you know, last year, Jesse and Caleb, they were the first class to miss a tournament, I think. And Jagan Jagen is, is a one-man class, even though Terrell Allen is with him now and Yurt 7 is kind of part of this. Um, Jagan hasn't won a Big East tournament game. So I think that is what I'm pointing to. I don't know if they're going to win another game in the regular season. And if they do that, they would need to win two games in New York to finish at 500 and be eligible for the NIT. But I think that – and I, I think St. John's is kind of banged up too. So yeah. I think that's probably – the new realistic goal is get Jagan Mosley a win in the Big East tournament. Does that sound fair?
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Uh, if you win one, you know you go into that second day feeling pretty good. Who knows what can happen, but that that would be, I think, a reasonable goal right now.
0: Yeah. Do you have do, do you have do you have a guess on if we're going to see Omir again on, on on the court for Georgetown? I would think so i I mean
1: I didn't miss anything like he reaggravated an ankle right. but then came back in on Saturday, right yeah. there was nothing beyond that uh if it's just an ankle i I think we would have to see him again, but who knows
0: i think I think McClung is i think McClung is definitely out um, you know it's definitely hit that part of the sea of you know the season where you're just. <sighs> i think I think two things can be true, and I know that there's there's big conversations everywhere I go about you know is Georgetown better today than they were in two thousand and seventeen or whatever um, I do think two things can be true i think I think Patrick has done a great job with the group that he has, and the group that he has has not given up, and they've come really close to accomplishing what the beginning of the season goal is, but I think it can also be true that you know all the guys that left. We're kind of, you know, his guys, his coaching staff's guys. So there do need, they're, going forward, there has to be, you know, sort of figure out how do we avoid something like this? And you just don't see stuff like this very often. So I know he gets a lot of credit. And I know, I know Goodman tweeted after the game, like, you know, too bad he didn't have a full roster and this and that. But it's just, to me, I I look at both sides of it and think that both things can be true.
1: Yeah, I mean, the frustrating part, I think, is, we still, we're still we going to enter year four without really knowing what he can do with a full roster. Um, that, that's the disappointing part for me is this year. We didn't get to see the end result with a legitimate nine, ten guys who can play. Uh, so, you know, next year, unfortunately, feels like it's going to be a little bit of a step, step back uh, with all the newer faces and how young they'll be. Um, but yeah, for me, that's not still lacking clarity on what he can actually do with a full, a full roster of talented kids. Um, we're still searching for that answer.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and you know, again, I'm not, I'm not calling for a coaching chain. I just want to point out that, you know, just like you said, it's, it's just like wow, it's like for as long as a college basketball offseason seems to be, particularly when it ends like right in the middle of March. Um, Three years have gone by pretty quick somehow. and It definitely has, yeah. You know, and you're like, wow, Pickett and Blair are about to be seniors. Wow, like they were the guys that, you know, he kind of got last minute and it looked like it was pretty good. And, you know, he got pretty good results out of them. Um, he's put, you know, they're not going to have an all-freshman guy this year. But, he, he, you know, Ewing and his staff have gotten five guys to the all-freshman team. Um, so I think, like I said, Jagan Mosley getting a Big East tournament win – And then the next focus will be, and I'm sure someone has it, maybe even you have a list somewhere, but the big thing is going to be who are the senior or the grad transfer point guards that are available because it's going to be all about that if Georgetown's going to avoid being in the Wednesday portion of the biggest tournament in 2021, I think.
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people have thrown out the kids, I think, from Dartmouth, Brendan Berry. Yeah. I think also – The Bryce Aiken kid from Harvard who beat us in the NIT last year, he's only played – he pretty much got shut down after like six or seven games. So I'm not sure how he might be available as a grad transfer. I I don't know the particulars with his eligibility. But, I mean, yeah, they'll they'll need somebody just to kind of step in and run the show. You hope you get somebody who buys in and and conforms to the team as well as uh, Terrell has this year. The grad transfers for me can be a little hit or miss you get some guys who just want to go up a level that's kind of in their mind, raise their stock and they come in and, you know, they want to put up a bunch of points, but it's, I think they will need to find the right fit uh, somehow.
0: It seems like on the, on the internet, at least, which is a real place. Um, it seems like some Georgetown fans, followers have been talking about the Barry kid is almost like he's coming. I'm not saying that he is, you know, but it's just like that name has been has been mentioned and talked about so much. I think he's the, is he some sort of lineage to the to Jim Barry that was Georgetown's high scorer guy until the modern era? There was,
1: yeah, was his grandfather or something? I, I did read something like that, yeah. So maybe that is the connection.
0: But yeah, so I, I think ideally, and you know, this is what you do when you're following a team that's kind of, not doing great. You look forward, you look towards next year because we could sit here and talk about the box score of the Marquette game tonight and it wouldn't really be a cheery a cheery discussion. But I think best case next season, you have, you have a solid conference or you have a solid non-conference schedule, which is what it's looking like it's shaping up to be. And then your point guard depth is grad transfer and then Beard behind him. And then Dante Harris, we really don't know a lot about him. That might be like a diamond in the rough, maybe like he almost red shirts like Malcolm Wilson is. I don't know. This is just, I'm I'm just trying to think Mm -hmm. out loud here. It, it, It would be pretty hard. It'd be pretty hard to start Beard and McClung, say, or if you start McClung and Blair, where's any scoring off the bench? So these are all, these are all topics we can talk about all summer long during Kenner league. But I think, I think the the I think the best off season Georgetown could have is sending out Mosley with, with at least one postseason win, and then that grad transfer point guard I think has got to be the biggest the biggest talking point. Any, to any your point?
1: I, just to that? have one thing, I think the scheduling for next year is important because I hope that Patrick realizes you know, is even though the record was uneven, I mean up until this week because of how well he scheduled, his team was still right in the mix.
0: Absolutely. So you hope that
1: carries in the next year so he understands that. And, you know, he doesn't look at his roster and sees a weaker roster and, you know, takes that step back again. I hope he keeps pushing forward with a with a challenging non-conference. Just put yourself out there, play competitive games, and you might pick up an unexpected win or two. Um, so I hope that continues.
0: And, you know, honestly – Two of the games he got were from the conference challenges, right? Penn State ended yeah. up being much better, right? I mean, I, I mean, I think everyone kind of knew Penn State was a tournament team, but the kind of the kind of resume be a bo- a boost that they give you is kind of like, mm-hmm. this is Penn State basketball, this isn't this isn't football, um, and you know Greensboro. I mean, what a great mid-major. Yeah, I know you lose, and the team sort of falls apart after that game, but that's the kind mm-hmm. you want. You want to get at least. You know, you want to get at least one of those uh, mid majors in. Syracuse is Syracuse; they're going to sort of be in the you know anywhere from thirty to seventy or something like that. But you want to you know lay off the Samfords, and you know Oklahoma yeah. State tur- turned out being okay. So it 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 is kind of important that you get not. I mean, it, instead of Penn State, you could have got Nebraska, right? Which is just a terrible, yeah. <laughs> just a terrible opponent. I'm not really sure who's who's crap in the Big Twelve. Um, you know, but so. I don't know they're 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 in that uh, tournament. I think was it with it's UVA and someone else, maybe UCLA. Yeah, I can't remember the wooden. Um, I think it's I think it's the wooden classic.
1: Yeah, I think the main thing is avoid those you know 300 plus teams. Um, you know, challenge yourself with solid mid majors. Uh, you can't run from them. Uh, can go a long way this time of year.
0: Yes. I, I you know, as someone that was just couldn't stand the schedule the first year and it got a little bit better in the second year. Yeah, the big takeaway from this season should not be schedule worse. It should be look, you can literally be fifteen and twelve and be like on the next four out if you do enough stuff. Yeah. Which is, you know, you now don't want to be
1: fifteen. No, the bar is so low now to make the, the tournament
0: with the expansion of sixty eight teams that if you just schedule decently, you you'll give yourself a chance which the entire Big East did. And even as Georgetown's fallen apart, every team that beats them is getting a quality win. I mean, Providence, just, you know, it's like, hey, congratulations. You beat a team. You beat Georgetown without McClung twice, and you didn't really get to play your, you know, you got your seven once, mm-hmm. and you get two really good wins, you know, so they can make the tournament and lose in the first round again. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do, is there anything about Xavier from the first matchup that you think Georgetown can kind of t- kind of take advantage of? Uh, I
1: I think with them you just you have to match their toughness. I think Xavier is you know kind of a bully that if you stand up to, they're not that tough. Uh, I, I kind of think they're they've been a bunch of fake tough guys for a while now. But I think you just have to meet their challenge uh, physically and try to play with a little bit of pace. They're going to want to slow it down. I think if you can find some easy baskets, uh, that certainly helps. I think you're at seven. If you can get him out there and he can play well, I mean that's the thing. You're you're just hoping he might have one game left in him where he can, you know, post the twenty-two and twelve and yeah. help you still win. Uh, right now, with the way he looks, that seems like it's asking for a lot. But I, I think he's important in
0: that matchup. Now he might not care, but that's true. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm 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 going into a. I'm just taking the the scenic route. He might not okay. care, but he has 970 career college points. So, if he likes big numbers, big, you know, round numbers of accomplishment and achievement, mm-hmm. he needs 30 more points to be a 1000 point scorer. So, if you're a Jordan, you're hoping that your 7 wants to get that 1000 points. Um it would be sort of interesting in what Georgetown would do because you know about four hundred or so of them would come with the Hoyas, but I imagine that they might, you know, give him one of those basketballs that's signed and you know, your, your seven got a thousand yeah. points. Because it's definitely an accomplishment. He will he'll have done it in three years. So so if if you're looking for a reason for your seven to try and gut it out, getting to a thousand points might be <laughs> might be what it takes. I'm probably grasping here, but that's that's the best I, I, I would can. be
1: yeah I I would be interested to know what his plan is for next year at this point because I mean if he came in with the idea of maybe the NBA I, I would say that's certainly off the table now so uh, I would be interested to see what he does after the end of the season
0: Yeah I don't know much about the Turkish league I'm definitely a big soccer guy so I know like Fenerbahce and I believe I believe Iverson had a couple games with Bistektas um, yeah, which are like the, those are like the, those are like the two big soccer clubs. But in Europe, it's like you know, just like Real Madrid's a good soccer team. They also have a basketball team in Barcelona and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all just one big. It'd be like if the Wizards had you know hockey and football and that stuff. So I guess I don't know how how prestigious it is to go back over there and play for for Fenerbahce or Besiktas or if he's looking to go to one of the other you know glamour clubs in Europe. But it does seem like the NBA is not going to be. There for him next year, if that makes sense.
1: No. So, yeah, just the way the season's gone, I would wonder if, you know, maybe the 0% chance of him returning is maybe even if it's just 5%. Now, you just wonder if that maybe
0: is even on the table a little bit. Well, I think Georgetown would absolutely love to have him back. I know in the beginning of the year, Ewing sort of talked more in a way that was like, look, he's got two years' of eligibility left because everyone sort of assumed he was mm-hmm. gone. Um, he did recently on the Big East, I think last Big East conference call, somebody asked about Wahab and Ewing gave the most, he might be leaving comment that he's given in that, Like, well, you know, if, if Wahab's not, or if Um Omir leaves, you hadn't really heard him say yeah. that before. So they're mm-hmm. not, you know, Georgetown's not going to give you a lot of information, just like McClung's day-to-day. I don't think anyone thought that that was an accurate statement of a clear picture of the situation. Um all right, Nolan, thanks for staying up late and joining Kente Corner. It's always great to talk. Hoyas, um, so I saw Kente Corner. You can find us on iHeartRadio now. So that's pretty cool, I suppose. I haven't used that yet, but I've definitely heard of it. So Kente Corner, subscribe, rate us. Um, it's on Google, Apple, Spotify. Uh, you can find Nationwide Nolan's tweets at Nationwide Nolan's Got a lot of good stuff to say. I'm Bobby Bancroft, and we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Bobby. Yep.